This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome. This is Garden of Sound brought to you with thanks to Mint Finance, business loans made easy. Today on the show, the Rattlers. But first, we're less than a week away from Garden of Sound Live. It's happening at D4 in Wolston, Thursday, June 20th. There'll be three bands on the night. There's a Tuesday between a Monday and between a Wednesday. You may know them as Minnie and Nat from Household. There's Portland for a super cool five-piece from Kashmir High School. And sneaky Caribbean monk seals channeling a 70s rock vibe. Tickets are a super affordable $15 in advance and only $12.50, no booking fee, when you book four or more tickets. Be one of the best value gigs out there and we'll be finished by 10 o'clock. So it's perfect timing for a school night. Book now by visiting gardenofsound.nz or jump onto eventbrite.com, search for Garden of Sound. You will kick yourself if you miss out on this one. Right, the Radlers, they've been around for just over a year. They've already clocked up a number of support gigs with bands like Marco Road and Molly in the Chromatics. 2019, however, might be a fork in the road for this fivesome as they decide to have a crack at full-time music versus following the path of their chosen studies. This is Garden of Sound with the Radlers on Plains FM 96.9. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, so, the Radlers, let's talk about the makeup of the band. You've got Chaz, and what do you do in the band, Chaz? Uh, rhythm, guitar, and vocals. Kevin, yourself? Yes, I am the guitarist. Do some backup harmonies as well. That's good. Okay. And Liam, what's your responsibility within the band? I'm the bassist. Any anything else? Do you do you make the tea? Do you get the biscuits? I I, I carry the amps. Not right. <laughs> like this guy just the bass. Just the bass. Yeah. Who um who are we missing today? Because you're you're a five piece. Yep. So we're missing Jack, who's our drummer, uh, and Bailey, who's the main vocalist, and uh, keys Keyboards. as well. Yeah. Chaz, I want to start off with you, as I, as I normally do. Tell me about music in your life and and growing up. When did sort of music into your consciousness? Um, well, my family's uh, not very musical at all. Um, my parents don't really listen to music at all. so I didn't None? Really, hardly ever. Really? Um, Was it a quiet home? Yeah, yeah, quiet home. Dad still had some old CDs <laughs> lying around. Um, and then for my for Christmas, when I was about 12, uh, they got me like a, you know, those electric guitar packs. It comes with oh. electric guitar, amp. Everything you need to get started. That's strange, going from no sound, very little music in the home, to, hi, here's the full-blown... <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, yeah, but um, it was great. I mean, and it's funny, because my brother and sister both got piano lessons when they were younger, hated it. I didn't get piano lessons, yet I'm the only one who plays music. And what about singing? What about vocals? When did that sort of come on the scene? I used to be a terrible singer. Um, I remember my... Uh, my godfather told me, after I'd been playing guitar for a while, he was like, oh, your singing's gotten better. You used to be absolutely tone deaf. Um, so you see the two going hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, so it kind of tuned my ear a bit. And then, um, and then in intermediate and high school, joined all the choirs and the chapel choir and like the, the boys' choir and all that um, and had some singing lessons on the side and that. Was it mixed or was it just boys? Some of the choirs were mixed, some of them were all boys. Um, the all boys' choir, that was, that was great fun. We... Put in a huge amount of hours for that and got some real cool kind of results from out of that. Um, I always found the problem being being in a choir, I don't really have like a uh, a blended voice, so I'd always get put way on the side. 
um, so that I didn't stand out too much. <laughs> well, it stands you in good stead. Uh, Kevin, tell me about music for you growing up. Tell me about the family situation. Yeah, definitely different from Chaz's actually because like my parents were both really into music like my dad used to be in like the marching band in school and everything so he used to be into percussions and still is and then he had like a guitar and a keyboard lying around at home and then when i I was about six or seven i started like just chugging away at the keyboard and then my parents saw something and they were like oh we're gonna go to classical piano lessons and then i just went and um didn't stop for the next eight years so i just did like the classical piano stuff did a bunch of that and then when i was about nine picked up my dad's guitar and sort of taught myself how to play the guitar. Um, broke that guitar five years later, made my dad really sad. Um, that's a separate story. But <laughs> how did, no, I do want to find out how do you want to, I do want to know. Oh, I took it to school one day because we had like a, um, like a musical sort of thing and I was in the choir sort of thing playing the guitar. And but I was really wanting to play um, some football in the morning. So I brought my guitar, gave it to my friend. I was like, can you please take it to the class? Keep it safe. Go to class after assembly t- to find out people are like kevin something's up with your guitar and then i open it and the, the neck just snapped it's like completely shattered and yep so that's the story about that what were your parents sort of listening to what kind of music were they listening to Ooh, my up? dad is very big on like um you know like the 70s like the beatles you've got elton john kenny rogers was massive so he's got like a massive collection of cds that we used to just play around and eagles eagles was a massive influence for me um, which is why I actually picked up the guitar because we had um, Hell Freezes Over concert from 94. Um, so I just wouldn't stop playing that like every time before music class. I'd put that on and I'd line up because I'd want to play drums. And so I'd line up all my ha- the chairs in my house and then I'd use like plastic rulers as like as, as like sticks, drumsticks. And I end up breaking all the rulers, but I, like, I'd have such a great time. <laughs> and I just listened to a lot of Eagles, yeah. Right at the other edge of this musical spectrum, yeah. who would be your favorite classical composer oh probably chopin okay. frederick chopin yep. love playing his pieces love playing his pieces loved don't play it anymore but liam on to you tell right. me about music growing up and tell me about tell me about the bass tell me when did that sort of come on the scene yeah so i, I, I was played started playing bass and it must be nine or ten ten i can't remember exactly and how old are you now I'm 21. 21, okay. Yeah. 11 years yes yeah about 11 years what attracted you to the to the bass was there a choice there was a choice. Um, sort of all my friends in primary school were playing guitar or singing or playing drums. No one I knew played bass. Why so do you think that is? Because the bass right. is a brilliant instrument. It is. It and is. Because guitar is an option, so people go for the guitar. Is that, yeah, is yeah. that because of the glory? It's the the yeah, glory is cooler. Definitely yeah. the appeal. Yeah. And what about training or musical tuition? Uh, so in nine years of age, was it sort of bass lessons? Yes, I had bass lessons with a guy over in New Brighton. He was great. Who was, a lot of, Who was um, that? Mike someone. Mike I someone. I, and then he also, funny enough, in high school, I had a bass teacher called Todd. And Mike taught Todd as a kid. Okay. So it was a sort of like a... Passing down was quite cool. What about favorite um, favorite popular music bass uh, riffs? I used to be a b- big bit of a bit of a rock fan. Tool, great bassist, um, really groovy riffs, melodic. I do like a good melodic bass line. So, what about internationally? Where where else would you guys sort of say the um, the Radler sound is influenced by? Uh, we when we first came together, we were really liking this artist called Tom Mishk. Um, over in the UK, um, really cool artist, really like completely independent and stuff as well. Um, 
yeah, a lot of Tom Mish, and a bit of Jordan Rakai. These are like more obscure artists that we sort of listen to and we're like, oh, they have some really interesting... But there was some commonality there. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, have you heard... Exactly, because we'd link different videos to the channel. They're like, oh, check this out, check this riff out or something. And it was just like, it would be really cool. And then we'd come together and then jam it out or something as well. Like we'd just try a different idea and it's because of these artists. And you've got like the likes of Coldplay and yeah. Ocean I th- Alley. And I think a huge know. thing though is that we've all had quite different uh, interests in music and yeah. influences on our own. And then when we, you know, you come together, you kind of take the best bits of all those, or at least you hope so. <laughs> you yeah. say come together, and we're not talking about the Beatles, obviously, but the <laughs> formation of the band. Um, it is time to, for some music. I do want to find out how the band got together. Um, uh, we're talking about shared influences. Is there a track that you can all agree on, Liam? Is there something that, you know, the, the Rattlers could all agree on that they'd like to, uh, to play? Yes, it's a, a Rush of Blood to the Head by Coldplay. Why, why in particular that song? Coldplay's got to been like a, a common ground between a lot of us mm-hmm. um, and kind of a lot of where we started with our sound. And this is just a great track as well. That's a perfect place to end. I was going to ask because I was just thinking about there was a point when a band, people start turning against them because they get too big. Uh, U2 is classic because I was thinking about, you know, back in the 80s, Joshua Tree and all those amazing tracks that came out and then a bit of reinvention, okay, we'll go with it. Coldplay, it's like they reach a point and it's kind of like, okay, now we just we just keep churning out albums, but oh, they're, yeah. they're a bit I, nondescript. definitely made it, for after Milo Xylota, that was the last album I've, I've listened to. Yeah, Coldplay. it's just changed completely, isn't it? All the new stuff's very, um, it's very like poppy and mm. it's, it seems almost fake. Yep, yeah. it's almost like to sell shows, you know, like because yeah. they can just throw a really good show because they have tunes like that. But yeah, all their old stuff, I love their old stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and I'm a big fan of Muse as well. Uh, for me, it got to a point, possibly after the second law, maybe it was even the second law, um, and it was like, why are you just continuing to just put the same mm. stuff out? There's mm. the odd gem here and there. Yeah, um, I, I think it's always tough for a band though because they get to a point where they've done, I don't know, three great albums or four great albums or whatever. And then they, and then, do they keep doing the same kind of music, or do they try and take a new tack, and or like, mm. um, and either way, you, people are either going to be stoked or unhappy with it. Mm. Um, Liam, Radiohead. <laughs> I I am I'm a fan. I don't know too much about Radiohead, but there's some great tracks. So following on from what Chaz said, maybe you're not the right person to ask, but they seem to have reinvented themselves sonically. But it's not like it doesn't seem fake. It seems like there's these guys are artists and there's constant reinvention and yeah. trying new things. Mm. And some things 100%. you look back at and you go, actually, yeah, I love that. I completely understand what they're doing. Mm. Yeah. So it's the same with uh, Arctic Monkeys. I think it, it, yeah. all the albums, they've changed drastically. And, and through each album, they, they a whole lot of people get angry because they're like, oh, what's, what's this crap? Yeah. And then they, but they gain a whole lot of people going, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is a rush of blood to the head. <laughs> he said, I'm gonna buy this place and burn it down. I'm gonna put it six feet underground. He said, I'm gonna buy this place and watch it fall. Stand here beside me, baby, in the crumbling wall. Oh, I'm gonna buy this place and start a fire Stand here until I feel all your heart's desires 
Cause I'm gonna buy this place and see it burn And do back the things it did to you in return
This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Radlers on 96.9 Plains FM. I want to talk about first concert experiences before we talk about you guys uh, and how you got together. Um, Liam, I'm going to throw it open. What was mm-hmm. the first big gig that you got along to? Funny enough, a tour concert. So there was when they played, they came to Auckland in 2013, I think, maybe 14. Um, I was too That's young to quite, be. It's quite recent, really, and they wouldn't have had an album out for, I guess, about sort of seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. So it was a weird tour, kind of. They came along. Just doing it, keep the keep the name out there. What was yeah. your um? What was your lasting impression of the um of the concert? Or what was your favorite track? Oh, incredible! Uh, Schism, favorite track, great bassline. Um, the light show was amazing. Just weird lasers just going off into the into the spark into Spark Arena. Crazy, good sounds. Mm. Phenomenal. They are masters. Mm. Kevin, what about you? What was the first big gig that you got along to? I grew up in the Middle East, mm-hmm. right? And this is a, a bit what of a country sad story. in the Middle um, East. Bahrain. Bahrain. Yep. Yep. Grew up there, and co- coincidentally, not a lot of artists go down there because it's a very small country and there's not a lot of demand. Um, so, is it a me, dry country? Very dry. Yep. Very in, hot in terms of um, drinking. No. no. Well, yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like obviously, you're in a you know in a in a different society, so you can't really do it in public. But yeah. people do it. People find a way. But yeah, now now that you ask me that question, like I don't think I went to a like I went to like I don't even know to be honest. I haven't been to a what huge a, gig. What about your first first big musical experience in Bahrain? There must have been some kind of ooh shared wh- music performance concert of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, because like my parents favorite artist from sri lanka because i'm from sri lanka that's another part of the story would come to bahrain and like perform so i guess like i'd we'd go to that stuff uh, those concerts and that would be kind of cool but obviously like that's a different kind of vibe but then it was always something that stuck to me i was like oh yeah that's so cool playing on stage playing to like so many people that enjoy your stuff like that was probably an eye-opening thing for me when i was way younger it's like oh i want to do that someday you know chairs coming from not a very musical family uh what was your first sort of exposure um, well, first i was would have been about 10 um and my mate my mate's parents took us to acdc at western springs <laughs> yo my god it was awesome absolutely great time um I, I was absolutely blown away by that um they had flames coming out of the stage and, <laughs> and brian wouldn't have lost his hearing yeah, yeah. <laughs> a real show yeah, yeah 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 favorite track from that that concert favorite song um well, probably thunderstruck yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Whole crowd getting involved in that and uh it was a great time and then my mum gave me 20 bucks for food like 20 dollars a night and i didn't didn't spend it on the food i got myself the you could buy these flashing red horns. What's <laughs> 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 priorities? I know, yeah, yeah. Still still just went hungry. Um, I think I still do, actually. Oh, yeah, I think they're it's a, definitely got to make an appearance home. during your next show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something. It's the Radler's tribute to ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me, here's the big question. How did you guys get together? How did this uh, fivesome become a unit? There's a, there's a club at uni that um, organised jam nights. Um, What's that called? Tune Sock. Tune Sock. Yeah. Yep. The Tune Society. Society, yep. Um, Tune Sock. Yeah. Um, and so they organised jam nights. Um, I, I was actually in charge of organising the jam night. And um, yeah, we we were the last five standing. Yeah. <laughs> of about 20, 25 people. 
yeah it was about around midnight when people were starting like starting to leave and then we were just chatting with each other and then we picked up the instruments and stayed for the next like two and a half hours because we were just jamming out we still have videos of like our first ever time jamming together and like it's cool to look back on it and um how long ago was this this was last may yeah yeah i think we played a gig two days after our first anniversary and then we were like and that was one of our best gigs actually we got to jam out in our pajamas um (laughs) (laughs) lots of fun great sound yeah it was a good time um so how many how many gigs have you guys played together uh and over the course of the year probably about 15 20 a lot starting off it was just a lot of like flat yeah gigs and 21st little yeah 21st and then so was it mainly covers or, or, or when did the originals begin to sort of sort of seep into the mix uh well it was um from the get-go really uh the kind of established early on that we didn't just want to be a covers band um, mm. and actually write some music and see what happened. So yeah. in terms of those 15 or 20 gigs that you've, you've played, what have, been the, what have been the highs and the lows or anything you've looked back on and gone, oh, never again? Highs probably like playing at like a pro- proper venues and stuff and to a good crowd. What's been your fave venue thus far? Winnie Bagos, Mark Harrod. Yeah, yeah, Winnie Bagos. We opened for, yep. opened for the opener at uh, Mark Harrod's concert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you opened for Dolphin, Dolphin Friendly. Yeah. Ah, so you were the first act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I was there before the fire. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I didn't realise it was uh, you guys playing. Okay. How was, how was that gig? It was great. It was yeah, a lot really of fun. Good. It was a shame about the, the fire alarm. It was really good, though. Like, yeah. sound was really good. Like, the vibe was so good. Everyone was, like, super, you know, just close and, like, just like, so much energy that we were getting from the crowd. And that just meant, like, we enjoyed ourselves a lot more. We definitely vibed off the crowd, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. definitely one of the highs. And what about bad gigs? Anything that's gone oh, horrendously wrong? One Kevin forgotten his guitar or something? The first right. flat gig? <laughs> yeah, our first flat gig was pretty, pretty <laughs> oh, rough. Yeah. And it was, like, it was just on, like, someone's tiny little porch. We like squeezed all of us on there and everyone there was absolutely hissed and kept on like falling on the equipment and and then at one point some dude tripped over the power cord and pulled it out and yep chav gave, chav gave him a bit of a shove yeah <laughs> it pushed him <laughs> off the, the patio <laughs> so in looking back is there anything that you would sort of do differently is there any other direction that you would have taken in the in the last year any other opportunities that you think, damn, we should have uh, jumped on that. I think maybe we could have pushed ourselves more in terms of playing gigs, getting our music out there, but obviously we're all pretty caught up in uni and it was sort of, bit of yeah, a bit of a difficult time to you know, figure out what we were doing. Yeah. yeah, and I think early on like we were so invested in writing new material because like, it was always something that was mm. part of the process we always would come together come to practice and then we just end up jamming and writing new stuff so for us we were very like passionate about actually having material to then go out and be like hey this is us let's 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 gig or something so i think it was only like the turn of this year when we realized okay we've got a decent bass and we've got like decent music that we really enjoy playing and people seem to like to listen to so let's actually go out and like do a lot more and i think we've started out pretty good this year anyway just getting gigs like externally um like the beginning of may um we were approached by molly and the chromatics um when they came when they were doing a tour of new zealand and um they we opened for them at the wonder bar um for their Christchurch show which was really fun because those guys are really cool as well so how did they how did you get on their radar 
oh, they messaged us and they're like, we were, you guys were recommended by like three bands um, that like, you guys are sick. Like, we'd love if you opened for us. And so we are like, oh, mean, that's a cool opportunity. And um, yeah, established a really good connection with these guys and and they've got some really good music as well. So it was really fun to like establish relationships. And we have been um, very recently as well with a lot of bands up in like Auckland and um, Wellington as well, like Half Moon Baby and a few bands like that, which yeah. is really cool. I do want to talk about the the writing process and, and producing, especially your, your new single. But first off, um, have you got a fave track? Uh, Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually sang this, um, I've sung this song in my band at school and there was like almost like a signature song of ours and then I brought it to these guys and it was one of the first covers we learnt and has become one of our signature songs as well.
Thanks for being with us today. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Garden of Sound is sponsored by Mint Finance. They've been around since 2014, offering finance to business of all sizes through secured and unsecured loans, starting out at just $5,000 on terms of up to five years. Obviously, T's and C's apply on all business lending. The best part is Mint Finance is super easy to deal with, and they know what they're talking about. That's because they understand business and what you as a business owner need from a finance partner. If you've got a great idea and just need the finance to see it through, get in touch with Mint Finance today. You can call them on 0800 666 That's 0800 666 Or visit mintfinance.co.nz. That's mintfinance.co.nz. This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Rattlers on 96.9 Plains FM. I want to talk about your new single, Teskey, uh, mm-hmm. which is a bit more upbeat than um, some of the other tracks you put out, which is Definitely. sweet, according to me. Tell me about the A, the writing, and B, the production process for that. So how did the uh, song come into being? Uh, it was literally, it was just at a, at a, at a practice, and I was just yeah. jamming some chords, and that kind of came out of it, and... Just kind of happened actually the the, the yeah. full the the chords of it and then we just based everything else around that. Um, yeah. I was playing around with my my delay pedal um, and like that opening guitar that like kind of jerky delay. Mm. The good thing like Jack for example, um, the drummer, he's super versatile and we've had quite a lot of like different ideas come in when we jammed. But Jack's someone that just like picks up something and he's like, "What about this? Let's try this out," and out of um, Chaz's like, you know, jamming and stuff, Jack just came up with this really cool like, well, what you heard in the drums is what he was coming up with. But he was just like throwing out so many different cool ideas with mm. um, like fills and whatnot. And then that's sort of how the vibe just kept going with the song because like he was carrying it really well with the drums. So yeah, the, the writing process was very random. Yeah, um, it normally like is thing. for our songs. Yeah. To be honest. It's yeah, quite organic. Who's responsible for the lyrics? Uh, me or Bailey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but they normally come last. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and they're normally a, get a the last vibe going. Ditch yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to have something written down on paper. And why? Why Tesky? Where does the the name come from? That was super random. Um, we were talking about this trio called the Tesky Brothers. Brothers. Yes. Yep. They yep. were coming down. They were playing in Christchurch. Um, some around the time we made Tesky, and then we were just talking about. It. We were like, oh, they have some uh, pain and misery. Um, they're they're hit and we were like oh that's such a cool like it's it's a very nice um, um, vibe and then we were jamming out to interlude a which is going to be on our EP which we initially were going to have in, in Teske as well and then we were jamming out to that and then we made Teske and then we were like oh what do we call the song and then we just decided Teske yeah we were just we mm, just kind of just called it Teske for now and then just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, oh, that sounds pretty decent. Cool. Liam, tell me about the production process for this particular single. How did it sort of... All s- went down in Chaz's room. Kind of recorded it all. It's the home <laughs> studio. Okay. As we like Everything to goes down in Chaz's, Chaz's room. room yes. yep. So it was recorded just in a very sort of, I guess, I don't want to use the word budget, but in a very sort oh, of... Oh, very budget, a, yeah. A, a yeah. Boutique style. Yeah, yeah boutique, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah uh, uh, we've got a like an interface and... Um, started we we bought some so the other other two tracks would were, were were just same done in the done in our rooms bedroom um, recordings yeah bedroom recordings i wouldn't yep. have picked bedroom recording the actual finished product sounds a lot better than 
than a bedroom. And I know it's amazing what you can, can achieve these mm, days, mm. but I was thinking studio somewhere. Was there uh, any external producer involved? Absolutely not. No. So, no. so, yeah, so, I mean, we we squeezed the drums into my room, bought some drum mics, did the drums, and then recording everything else on top. Um, yeah, yeah, as simple as that. And then a lot, a of, lot of hours. Of, yeah, a lot, a of, lot of, of hours just fiddling. And um, I was doing most of the mixing and... I mean, Teske's only the second song I've really fully mixed. Um, and Credit to you. It's, it sounds fantastic. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> do have to ask the question, has anyone in the band ever owned a distortion pedal? Ever? No. no. But, <laughs> funny story, two days ago, just bought a uh, Tube Screamer Mini. Fantastic. Ooh. Yep. I think we should hear the track. Yeah? Should we hear it? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so what's your, favorite, um, what's your favorite part within the actual song? Breakdown. Breakdown. Yeah. It's always yeah, the breakdown. In, in, or the, the very end of the song, I love the, the guitar over the top. The oh, distorted guitar. The distorted guitar, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was distortion. It was, it's a very messy part, but intentionally messy. We just like, this is the part of the song where you're just going to go crazy. It's like such a fun song to play live. Mm. We wanted to like reflect, we wanted that to reflect in the recording as well. Just have a bit of like, just going everywhere in your ears as well. So Jazz has done a really good job with like panning and like just making the whole Especially, experience. Especially, that's what I, yeah. There's some really mm. good stuff going on there. Here it is. This is the Radler's new single, Teski.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with the Radlers on 96.9 Plains FM. We just heard Teskey, which is a wicked track. Yum. Recorded in Chaz's bedroom, <laughs> where everything goes down. <laughs> the, magic, the magic happens. The magic happens. <laughs> what else do you guys want to do? It's 2019. Uh, it's around about the middle of the year. What What are the plans for the rest of the year? Uh, oh, about a couple of months ago, kind of put down the idea of getting this EP out and mm. then maybe another one by the end of the year. Um, two EPs Two okay, EPs right. Yep So this one All the songs are written We'd been writing Since we started as a band But mm-hmm. um, Pretty keen for the new P- EP To be All new tracks um, Sort of like follow a theme as well right Yeah and yeah. All, all, yeah, all kind of uh, Write them all together And So they follow Kind of similar Vibe and theme um, mm. But uh, Yeah we'll see how that goes And what about touring To support those those yeah, tracks. We, so we're thinking release show in Justin Christchurch for the first EP. And then, like Chaz said, do the second EP. And depending on how that goes, hopefully do a tour of New Zealand. Um, end of the year. Or like November. Yeah. Because we, it seems like we're most uh, a few of us are going to be away for the, like December, January. So like try and do it over a few weekends in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be really good. But, and like we said before, like we, we are sort of, we've been talking to quite a few bands like up north and um, yeah. around, so it's like really good to establish that connection that like oh let's just jam together for a gig or something you know yeah. so tell me about yeah. the management situation is there thoughts about sort of getting anyone to push you further or just quite happy to be At five of you moment, doing your thing no no we haven't um, really thought about it have yeah we? I haven't really thought about it or, or even yeah. talked about it to be honest but um it's just kind of us doing it all at the moment <laughs> yeah split between us so if we were looking at maybe not idols, but let's say bands that might be a couple of rungs above you in New Zealand, uh, is there anyone that you'd sort of like like to follow their progression? Probably, yeah. I mean, we've we've played with Marco Road, which is great. It was awesome to see how they kind of did a show, how it all went down. Because they got yep. the promo machine going. They've been over to yep. Oz as well yep. And, yep. and done a little a bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were like us, you know. They started like they started as a covers band and. Um, we saw them at the Battle of the Bands that they which they won, and then they released "The Sun Comes Up," and then they just blew up since then. You know, so it's a great model to look at them yeah. and like they're doing it all by themselves as well. And like it's just a good model that like you play for your friends, and then like you put out originals, people like it, and then you just go and you know throw yeah. a show together. So here's a big one: when you talk about they're doing it all for themselves, um, they've got support, but they've also got a brain between them, which is quite good. So what were you guys studying at um, at Canterbury? So I'm studying civil engineering. So I've got another year to go on that. Yeah. Yep. Commerce. Commerce. My final year. Okay. I was doing English literature uh-huh. first semester, and then I switched to commerce second semester. Okay. So so there's a bit of there's there's a bit of thinking that goes into those, and then Jack did engineering. Jack yeah. does engineering does as engineering. well. Barely did geography. So. Okay, so you're all all over the place. So what is the plan? Because you've got these uh, potential careers ahead of you. I mean, mm. it's a fork in the road, mm. really. Do you want to go off and like do music full time, or do you want to, you know, sort of keep the serious I think stuff? Some of us in the band are pretty, or 
yeah, keen to do some music. Yeah. Not not forever. Or, you know, if it comes to that point, we could, but, you know, for the next few years, some of us would be pretty keen to yeah. take it a you know, step further. I think it'd be a shame not to give it a crack. Absolutely. Um, I think it's kind of an opportunity yeah. to to kind of do something different and have Give a little bit of fun on, along the way. While yeah. we're still young. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And we've just put so much time into it as well, like just the effort and admin and stuff. Yeah. Like you wouldn't want it to go to waste and like we're building that base now and people actually like listening to us and com- like like watching us. So yeah. mm. I mean, I could, I could definitely do it full time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like good now that like we sort of established that we want that second EP to come out as well. So it'll be good to have that like um, repertoire, uh, the discography of music out there, so that we can still continue next year, and just like you know, hopefully do more shows. Mm. Who would you, uh, who would you guys like to work with in the future? Anyone sort of internationally you'd like to sort of collaborate with or play with, or any festivals even that you'd like to uh, to get over and check out, play at Nest Fest. Where is that? Um, that's in Hawke's Bay. That is yeah, New Zealand one. Maybe yeah, that just there. started up last no this year actually this summer this January. It's really good. Like they, it was a bunch of Dunedin bands. In fairness, like it was the Shambles, Mild Orange, and Marlins Dreaming. So you've got a really, it was a really good vibe as well. So that's definitely something I'd personally like to do. Mm. And then I guess I in think. the future we could look at Australian festivals. That would be very cool. Yeah, yeah, be cool. Thanks so much for being on the show today, guys. It's been lovely to uh, to talk. With you and about uh, obviously about your new release Teski, which is a very very cool track. Uh, we do have time for just uh, one more song with you. Um, I always say one for luck. Anything that you guys would like to uh, to push out right now? Uh, yep, um, Ocean Alley's got a really cool track called Partner in Crime. We'd love to hear that. Beautiful, yeah, great love song. A bit Ocean Alley. Yeah. Mm. Why? Why is Ocean Alley sort of such a, a thing for you guys? I think it's it's. I see it. It's just good music. It's it's not not trying to push to be too poppy, but it's it's not. But it's I don't know it, it's advanced, but still catchy yeah. and like yeah. They're kind of doing their own thing. Got yeah. their own sound going on. We yeah. actually a couple of us saw them recently when they came to Christchurch. Yeah, yeah. They've got good variety. Yep. Yeah, you just yeah. don't hear one thing in the track. Oh, like in all their songs, and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, the Radlers. It's been lovely to have you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>
Time for my track of the week. It's a bit of electropop with a quintessentially Kiwi twang. This is South Coast from Wellington artist Lake South. Bloody nice to see you After all of these years Heartbreak and healing And fleeing the fair Breathing the harbour We know the weather Talk shit about friendship Never knew better Got secrets covered Why not you mine? Why not the night? It's funny what we keep alive Funny what we keep alive It's funny what we keep That's all for today. Guests were the Rattlers. You can find out all about what they're up to, where they're playing next, and their new single Teskey by visiting gardenofsound.nz, clicking on their picture on the front page. From there, you'll be able to hear more about all of the acts we talked about today and link through to the Rattlers' social media. Remember, Garden of Sound Live is happening Thursday, the 20th of June at D4. Tickets are a crazy $15 to get in, and for that you get three very original Christchurch bands and an alcohol-free setting, which is great for a school night. Just head along to gardenofsound.nz to book or eventbrite.com and search for Garden of Sound. 
Next week on the show, a positively magical Christchurch artist by the name of Ari Freeman. You may know him from Romboid or as the Blues Professor. This has been Garden of Sound presented by Mint Finance. Business loans made easy. Until next week, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Hey, Redar.